Hello, Tabletop Tim here. Your one and only source for probably bad news. There's no other and never was. Thanks be to our patrons, Hedwig and Carlo. Goodbye for now. Welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, the podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. And we have our first ever guest. Hello! Talmanea, creator of SideQuesting. Yes, that's me. Hi! I'm very excited to be here. And today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... World of Darkness campaign, where you never encounter anything supernatural. Sure, the vampire conspiracies and werewolf armies are out there, the GM reassures you. But this campaign is focused on the DMV. So, so I feel like with the world of darkness and like, you know, those kind of horror urban fantasy settings in general, it's really easy to forget that there is a mundane world in it. Like, it's really easy to forget that like there are things other than vampires out there. And so we've got the whole idea of, oh yeah, include a bit of mundane stuff in your game. And I feel this is just taking that to its logical conclusion. You just, it's only mundane stuff in your game. The supernatural get, keeps its um, excitement when it appears by just never appearing. I mean, I do feel like things like vampirism would involve a lot of admin. Mm. Like, at a certain point, you, pr- you need to establish a new identity, and that's just going to be a lot of paperwork. Yeah, I think it, it depends on how you define supernatural. Like, what if, what if you're... Your, your party's a bunch of vampires and you're all just at the DMV trying to get driver's license for your new identity. Like, is it supernatural if you are technically like a supernatural being but never doing anything cool? Or or what? I do love the idea of your characters have recently been turned to a vampire and the entire plot is just them dealing with like the pragmatic everyday things of turning into a vampire. Like, how do I arrange to only work at night with my boss and so forth? Absolutely no exciting things happen. Especially a- if you're an older vampire. Like, mm. what if you were born before, like, NHS numbers or social security <laughs> numbers? At some point, you're going to need to get one. Like, you need a national insurance number to, like, get a job, and you need an income. So at some point, you're going to have to work out how to get one. Maybe the, the whole campaign is you just trying to convince people good at forging documents to, to make you the new documents you need. Just bribery. Threats. Yeah, just sort of getting into like a crime, crime RPG, which Ooh. is just the standard heist RPG, but one person is a vampire. And you've got the muscle, you've got the stealth, you've got the hacker, you've got the vampire, and you've just got all the standard roles like that. That could be really fun. Actually, vampire heists are great. Yeah, like a heist where all the different roles are fulfilled by different supernatural creatures. A vampire, a werewolf, a wizard, a fairy, and a ghost have to break into a bank. Um, In order to get the money to file the paperwork to get driver's licenses. Yeah. Yes. They have, oh. they have to break into the DMV to steal the driver's licenses, which I'm like 90% sure are just in a big box. Well, make it harder. You're not stealing the licenses, you're stealing the equipment to make the licenses. 
You're stealing oh. the DNA. Because, like, where do you get a laminator in this day and age? Hmm. Steal the DMV, the entire building, pick it up, and walk away with it. <laughs> Take the DMV and push it somewhere else. <laughs> Since you like this plan, it doesn't actually solve your problem in any way. Because you still don't have a driver's license. What you have is just a building. <laughs> Who needs yeah, a driver's license buildings... you have, have the DMV itself? Now that the building's missing, though, you can really take your time breaking in. Mm-hmm. How dare you suggest I don't have a driver's license? If I didn't have a driver's license, how could I have the entire DMV in my backyard? <laughs> <laughs> this is where driver's licenses are born. I have as many driver's licenses as I like. I just keep pushing this button. I feel like, though, the issue is even if you move the DMV somewhere else, people who are desperate to, you know, get their own driver's license and whatever are going to find the location of the new DMV and they're just going to go to you. This is my second campaign, which is where you play a group of monster hunters who are trying to track down the vampires who stole the DMV so you too can get driving licenses. But if they yes. come to you to get the driver's licenses, you've then solved the issue of trying to get a job without ID by stealing the job. <gasps> you've stolen the job! Monsters are coming here and stealing our jobs. <laughs> that's, that's the vampire conspiracy. <laughs> you become the vampire and you steal the DMV and then you have a DMV just allegedly run by vampires. I like who is you. Increasingly like abstract and metaphorical heights. We're going to break into the rich guy's house and steal the memories of his childhood or something. I mean, if you think about it, is identity theft itself not a kind of weird ethereal crime? Like it sounds like something Faye would do. Hmm. Especially after they've stolen the DMV. If you were Faye running the DMV, you could mm. probably steal a lot of identities. Yeah, you could get a lot of people's true names if you were just, like, working at the DMV. That's also actually quite a good plot hook for a supernatural, like, supernatural setting. If your campaign is focused on the DMV, there might not be anything supernatural at first. Mm. But that lovely clerk may be hiding something. Potentially, like, legitimately intriguing campaign idea around a DMV. It normally takes us a lot longer to get to a good campaign. <laughs> You're just too good at this for our humble podcast. I just think, <laughs> I just think the DMV is really fascinating as a concept because it's kind mm. of an ethereal place. Like, you just go and you sit there for hours, and you leave with maybe a driver's license. If you had all the right paperwork. You or... don't remember any of the time in between. You just sit down and then when you leave, you have a driver's license and no memories of the last four hours. Yeah, that's that. Uh, I mean, works. the DMV is an intriguing concept to me just because we, we don't have that. Like, yeah, I'm aware of it only through sitcoms, which is probably, which is the best knowledge base for a long discussion on it, I feel. Oh, yes. Um, I, I literally know it from The Simpsons. 
And all I know is you queue there for a lot and then someone like takes your forms and then you get given a driver's license. Um, and also there's a fairy in there stealing your name. Yep, basically. I did it. There's like a lot of waiting in between things. You wait a bunch mm. to get in and you like have someone check your forms to make sure you have the right forms. And then you do more waiting and then you're like brought up and then they check your forms. And then you do more waiting, and you get the thing you need, and then you can go home. So what you're saying is there are multiple opportunities for mm-hmm. a vampire to take you aside for a quick chat about your forms and drink you dry. Mm. Absolutely. Like, I just, there was that sort of, what was it? Um, it, was a short, it was a short horror story thing, which was like, can I have um, a few hours of your time? Yes, thank you. And then they put the phone down, and you suddenly feel a few hours older. And I feel there's definitely something here of just, we're just going to slowly absorb your lifespan and you're just going to assume it's a normal response of being in the DMV. I think it's going back to the DMV is run by elves. Yeah, like it's, it goes beyond being a liminal space to just being actual fairyland. You think you only queued for three hours, but you were there all day. Just, I just love the idea of Alice in Wonderland, but she goes down a rabbit hole and is just in line at the DMV. <laughs> just really anticlimactic, magical uh, world travel. Or like a Narnia thing, like you go in, you queue for hours, you get your license, you come out, it's a minute later and you still don't have it. That would be a oh. nightmare. Guardia, but Aslan is just an asshole. (laughs) Aslan is one of the supernatural creatures that works in the DMV. Can you imagine if there is just a lion behind the front desk? I honestly don't know what may actually be if I went into Thought After Bureaucracy and there was just a lion there. Just just give me forms of lion and he'll sort it out. He's Jesus. I mean, the lion being Jesus would definitely throw me, but just a lion in general, I'm not sure. Because mm. the problem is I work in museums, so I'm quite used to like going into a room and there's just like a stuffed fox making a vicious face stood on a desk. This is why you're the one who's going to free the DMV from Aslan. But yeah, I think yeah, we've come to an actually like legitimate like idea. It's admittedly stopping Aslan from stealing your identity, but... I feel like Aslan would be pretty good at identity theft. Yeah. Anyone will tell a lion anything. Yeah. This one can talk. They're just inherently trustworthy creatures. Mm -hmm. Every day I go to the zoo and whisper my darkest personal secrets to the lions and hope they don't (laughs) betray me. (laughs) There we go, podcast over. (laughs) I, I nodded along, uh, but that didn't come up in audio, huh? <laughs> I was wishing I had a local zoo to, to whisper my own secrets to the lions. Mm. There's an aquarium. I can tell my secrets to the jellyfish. Mm. Do they have lionfish? They have catfish. It's kind of close. <laughs> <laughs> Cats are just small lions. Like, so, lions yeah, I think... Yeah. I think we've got to like a good or good like idea of this, which is to make this idea work, go to a zoo and whisper things to the lions. Mm-hmm. 
and then you'll you how to go well. Run your campaign. Yeah. Lions are famously nature's GMs. <laughs> That's why they're called the king of the jungle. Yeah, which they is just, the name they of just the... go in and they organize everything. They're very hands-on. Mm-hmm. Respond if, like, I just you know went out to the wilderness and there was just like a lion GMing things for the other animals. Just turns and goes. Excuse me, you're interrupting the game, and then just goes back to like GMing to a snake and a monkey. I would apologize so fast. I'd be like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Sorry to dis- disturb you. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, I don't think I do anything else. And then, so- sorry, I didn't realize there was a game on. Leave. <laughs> but I'll say you're going to do. Yeah. I think this it's is just probably- the, the social anxiety is just like, I don't care if it's a lion. I was rude. I must apologize. Mm-hmm. I think this is probably the furthest we've got from the original idea. Possibly over the entire podcast. <laughs> a new record. Yeah. Should we go to some questions? I think we should, but first, um, I should say that we have a Patreon, um, probably bad RPG ideas, with access to bonus episodes and homebrew, and a server where we play weird one-shots. I did it, I said it. You did? Um, we do have that. <laughs> So the first question is from Ask Jolly Roger. After making a suggestion to put the mouse folk in the bag of holding, temporarily for stealth purposes, I'm now haunted by the jokes following it. How do I get my party to stop? Wrong answers only. I love when people say wrong answers only like they don't know what podcast this is. <laughs> like, have we ever done a right answer? I don't see anything wrong with the lion GM answer. Just put your party in the bag of holding. Problem solved. Have you considered just making worse suggestions? I I have a bad idea for for this. It's not good. What if you make something really terrible happen in regards to this bag of holding and the mouse folk? So that everyone is too traumatized to make jokes about it. <laughs> I don't know what terrible thing this would be. What if I put but... a bag of bag of holding inside the mouse folk? I mean, I feel like that is a very on-brand suggestion, Tal, because you're just suggesting give your party PTSD. I mean, it's happened before. <laughs> It's not a good idea. You probably shouldn't give your party uh, PTSD in, in any form, but if you wanted to. Most, most player characters come with trauma like pre built in. But yeah, if you, just, if you just take a bag of holding and take a, what's it called, portable hole and then put them both in the mouth folk, that should do it. Have you considered, instead of putting the mouse folk in the bag of holding, put the person you're trying to sneak past in the bag of holding? Yeah, they can't see you oh. if they're in a bag of holding. And then you can just tip them out somewhere else, and they'll be so yeah. disoriented that they won't remember that you snuck past. Have you considered just throwing the mouse folk? <laughs> <laughs> Yeet! <laughs> like, 
What size is a mouse folk? Because it's not something I've encountered, and I'm just imagining like an actual mouse size. I've been imagining surely you could just put in a slingshot. Yeah, I've just been imagining like red wolf style, tiny little. Um, two foots tall, apparently. Okay, so maybe not a slingshot, but you could probably use, like, a mangonel or a trebuchet. Ah, yes, the stealth trebuchet. <laughs> well, what you do is you paint it in, like, splotches of green and yellow <laughs> so it blends in. So, my reasoning is no one will notice I'm here because they're all busy going, oh my god, there's rocks smashing the building of a from a trebuchet. But one of the rocks is secretly a mouse folk. <laughs> who then climbs over the rubble. Technically, all stealth missions of success if you level the building beforehand. Or after. Yeah. You got options. Hmm. And you can also hide behind the trebuchet so they don't see your faces. And then it counts as stealth because they don't know it was you. I'm looking for an intruder, but all I can see is this large, bright green trebuchet. <laughs> Cast invisibility on the bag of holding. Mm. But not the mouse folk. And then put the building in it. How big is the, the opening to this bag of holding? Such that you can fit a building in it. I mean, you may have to deconstruct the building first. That's oh, like... that's, that's where leveling it. Yeah, there use the self-trebuchet to level the building and put the rubble in the bag. Um, I don't know what this accomplishes. I just realised it doesn't benefit us in any way. We don't have a bag of rubble. But I mean, people will stop talking about you wanting to put the mouse folk in the bag of holding, mm. which I think was the original question. Yeah, and I'm always talking about yeah. why, what are you doing? Yeah, I guess if you just do something incredibly mm. ridiculous... To yeah. make jokes about. Yeah. They'll make jokes about that. Yeah, if you do something more embarrassing, then they'll stop doing talking about the previous embarrassing Well, yeah, it's like yeah. no one talks about O.J. Simpson, like, fumbling a catch. <laughs> it's true. Lunching someone with the bag of holding. I imagine it's quite easy to murder someone with the bag of holding. It's a massive bag of holding. No, the massive bag of holding doesn't change when you put stuff in. So it would actually be quite difficult, I imagine. See, I was thinking more of the fact that, like, there's no air in there, or you could, yeah. like, you can keep all sorts of weapons in it. I think a bag of holding is a very useful murder weapon. Or at least accessory. Hmm. Murder accessory is what all the cool assassins are wearing. <laughs> you have to get so... a black one, though, just to fit the look. Hmm. So what we're saying is if we put the mouse folk in the bag of holding, even if it's temporary, they might die? Uh, yeah, there is no air in there. They are. This is probably not going to go well for the mouse folk. But... I don't think launching I guess... a... I mean, they didn't say they, have to, they were going to put them all the way in. Oh, just a little bit? With, like, <laughs> their face sticking out? There's yeah, a little just... pocket friend. Aww. Actually, that's a fair point. Is this, is this literally done just so you have a little mouse folk in your pocket? That's um, so cute. That's adorable. It's a shame we're going to have to put it in the stealth trebuchet and launch it to the building. 
Hi, I'm Hazel and I make a podcast with Liz called Bread and Thread, which you might enjoy if you are a fan of food or clothes or other interesting parts of domestic history. We find out interesting facts about things like regional foods, ancient breeds of sheep, um, pretty much anything domestic history. So if you'd like to know why it's illegal to import a sheep into Iceland, and what was presented by Queen Victoria to Harriet Tubman, then you might want to check out Bread and Thread. Find us at Bread and Thread on Twitter or find us everywhere podcasts exist. <laughs> From Rocket, the druid I play often wild ships into a spider when stealthy reconnaissance is needed. But seeing as spiders can't talk, it's hard to communicate what they've found without turning back to normal form and burning a use of wild shape. How do I best communicate with the other party members without leaving spider form? Have you read Charlotte's Web? Charlotte's Web? Well, you just make a web that incorporates the words you want to say in it. Like, just on the outside of the bad guy's hideout, just put up a spider web that says knives and then they'll know they've got <laughs> knives How or just see? make a little picture of a knife even yeah. spider pictionary <gasps> spider pictionary yes i mean that is basically the plot of charlotte's web you are you are right and you should say it i think my suggestion is just don't just be a wild, chaotic spider. No one knows what you're doing or why you're doing it. Like, Turn into a spider, and you're then small and can run away from the dangerous situation. So your your party can can look at at you as a spider, and if they see you running in the opposite direction, it can be like, ah, oh, maybe it is bad to go forward. Like. Partially transform into a spider, so you're like a giant spider with a human head. That is terrifying. Mm. Like an animorph's cover. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Like, okay, so if, going back to the stealth thing, um, I'm going to just use the word recon, because it would probably cut it out with all my attempts to say the word turned into renaissance, which is not the word that was intended, but is the only word my brain can pass. Um, but, like, it will help with the recon if, like, all of you turn in, like, partially wild shapes so it all look like animal scovers, and then no one will look at you long enough to detect that you're in the building. They'll just see you, and their brain will be like, right, no, we're just, we're just blocking that one out, and they'll leave. This pairs really well with the stealth trebuchet. <laughs> wild ship into a mouse? Then hide in a bag. Then get your trebuchet and profit. Have you considered all the other players also turning? Just a whole pack of spiders? Yeah. That's terrifying. What if you learn Morse code and use your mandibles to tap out a message? It'll be really quiet, so you'll probably have to like climb onto someone's ear to do it. But you could do it. It's a Sunni giant spider, but no, yeah, it's just a spider. Um, you could yeah. take up interpretive spider dance. Yeah, I was going to suggest interpretive dance. Like bees. It's what bees do. Yeah. Yes. 
Spider Waggle Dance. <laughs> like you, you presumably. So go ahead. I was gonna say you presumably need to train your spider dance as a spider. So you just have to spend all your downtime turning into a spider and dancing, which I feel is like a nice way it's to spend your time. Yeah. 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 You when, need when to partying... build up your performance skill. <laughs> yes. When, you're, when your party needs like some extra money and you're, you're in like a city, it can be like, look at our dancing spider and, and you know, collect money that way. That's a, that's a weird vibe to like getting money by having your druids turn into an animal and perform tricks. And I don't quite know what it is, but it's <laughs> weird. I mean, it's less cruel than a flea circus, a real, actual thing. Mm -hmm. I think just and like if Jurassic a... Park's anything to go by, if you make enough money from your spider dancing, you can then bring back dinosaurs. That would help with your stealth stealthy reconnaissance. Well, well it's, it's just it's something to do afterwards, or possibly going... instead. We're going to launch a T-Rex at this building by a trebuchet. We're stealthy. What the <laughs> rolled an actual 20 on my stealth check did they, did they notice? Um, what is the stealthiest <laughs> dinosaur? Probably one of the little ones. Comfigurus or whatever its name is. Pterodactyl. Yeah, I was thinking one of the flying ones, like a Quetzalcoatlus or something. Hmm. I was thinking Brontosaurus. <laughs> Explain. People assume, it's, people assume it's part of the scenery because it's really big. They think it's a novel building. Do you, do you just paint trees on it? Yeah. Like It's like people look at it and go, is that a Brontosaurus? No, we know if there is a Brontosaurus. That's clearly just, just like that's what a supermarket looks like these days. Um, <laughs> You know, you have me convinced. Yeah. We ride our stealth brontosaurus. Well, it's like the opposite of microscopic. It's macroscopic. Like it's yeah. Like what if you just make a really become a really big spider? I don't know yeah. if that helps in any form of for for communication. But like if you, if well, you it would be easier to hear the mandible Morse code, but yeah. it's also less yeah. stealthy. If you become a big enough spider, they can just see your face move, and then you can just, like, communicate with facial expressions. Full disclaimer, I don't know much about spider faces, but I assume they're just human faces, but on a spider. See, now I'm imagining a spider doing mime. Yeah, have you considered charades? <laughs> like, you, you stand up on the back forelegs and use the front forelegs to act out what the danger is. Spider charades. Yeah. It's dependent on the um, enemy's plan to evolve around either a film or book or a TV show. Well, you can compare it. Like, if they're planning to, if they're planning to you know, steal some bearer bonds, you do die hard. <laughs> the spider can only communicate by comparing it to a different 80s action. And you have to figure out the details. Only 80s ones, nothing yeah. from 1990. That spider, spiders didn't watch movies back, in, back at that time period.
But yeah, now we failed to answer your question in any way. Um, our final our final question is from Squishy. How do I get my fifty five year old mum to play D and D? I'm gonna hang back on this one because that's my sister. Therefore, her mum is my mum, and I know how these suggestions get. So I say eat her. Eat um, the mother. Yes. Do not consume my mother. <laughs> this is mostly for contractually I'm contractually obligated to suggest eating someone at least once an episode. Um so the issue is I don't know much about your mum. Um Okay, basic facts about my mum. I hope you're all enjoying this information <laughs> this part of our podcast. She likes action films and heavy metal and is actually 56, if that makes a difference. I'm going to have to throw out all of my 55 related ideas. Um, yeah, just cross them off the list. If she likes action films, has she considered this spider who charades die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you okay. just need to introduce a spider right from the get-go that's like a little bit yeah. bigger and really great at charades mm. and is a yeah. action movie hero yeah in every scene the spider gets a little bit bigger and a little bit more like john mcclane <laughs> so are, are you suggesting this is like a helper npc or this is just my mum's character uh, no this is this isn't an npc this is just in the room as you play D. Okay. Like Wait, it's not an NPC, but it's just in the room. It's just a, a, a spider that has somehow gained sentience and is part of the of the game now. Yeah, part of the party. Yeah, this could be your mum's PC. Uh, other suggestions: uh, gunpoint, bribery. Um, how committed are you to? your mum not being shot by your sister. A hundred percent. Okay, that's gonna that's gonna hamper some like that. Um what about asking nicely to sit down and play a game of D D? Yeah, actually yeah, have you considered communication? <laughs> Is this on the table? <laughs> uh so I'm just gonna veto like Talking about it like mature adult. So let's get back to the spider related plans. Um, <laughs> bribe her with spiders. I feel like that's a not a good bribe. If someone mm. bribed me with spiders, I would run away. Yeah, I feel it's great because it works as either a bribe or a threat, depending on their mm -hmm. initial reaction. I honestly don't know how my mum feels about spiders. <laughs> gonna find out apparently um well i've never had a problem with them so i i just took them outside myself hmm. i was the only person in my family who wasn't arachnophobic and that's how this podcast got to this point <laughs> <laughs> it just escalates <laughs> yes um so other ways to threaten paper's mother um <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the problem is, the actual answer is, you know, ask, ask her if she would like to play D&D. &D. Um, 
but the that's not a particularly like good punchline. Um, you could all the other... tape, like an action movie that she really likes, and make that the plot of the yeah. D&D. like you know, like people making a campaign and not telling the players, like something like that. Yeah, and so like what once once she starts playing, she'd be like, oh. This is this is very cool, and then mm. then you've got her. Yeah, invite around the actual Metallica to uh, guest star. Yeah. I don't know many metal bands. Um, I also don't. I know Metallica is a thing. Just just have them show up. Um, I'm sure they don't have anything best to do with their time because they're Metallica. Um, <laughs> I mean, where can they really go right now? Your, your mum's house. <laughs> I don't like the way you said that. <laughs> she's a married woman. Play her rock music, uh, metal music. So she's um in the RPG. I don't know what other conversations anyone could have had. Uh, yeah. So like, as a uh, as a child of the person who's being like. Suggested to RPG. Uh, how well do you think these ideas would be on paper? Um, I mean, I feel like she'd be very impressed if either of her children had the clout to get Metallica to go to her house. If we get a few more like patrons on it. Other than that, I think it might have to be the threat of spiders. Mm. Very efficient threat. Yeah. So there you go. To be fair, we did give an actual answer to that one. It was throw spiders at your mother, but was an actual <laughs> answer to the question, as opposed to what if Aslan owed to DMV. Uh, so. Yes. Um, da, 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 slightly more off-topic-y thing. Cal, uh, would you like to like say something about your podcasty thing? Yeah, I can do that. Do you want me to just hop yeah, right like, into it? Yeah, I think if we do like a... So, yes, that... Oh, no, let me just get back into saying things to people, voice. And, yeah, I think on on that note, we should probably stop talking before we um, produce any more crimes against humanity and common decency. Um, and my mother. And, <laughs> and papers mother specifically. Um... But before we get on to... There was going to be a sentence there. Um, I believe yeah. in you. <laughs> how? It's like three minutes before the podcast ends and I've forgotten how to use English. Um, but yes, uh, ta, so paper introduced Tal like I can't word it apparently. Um, so yeah, we're going to wrap up there. Before, I, d- I don't know if my mum will hear my sister listening to this episode, but I, d- I doubt she'd approve. Hello, um, mum. <laughs> Tal, do you want to explain what side questing is before we wrap up? Sure. Yeah, side questing is a, a fantasy podcast about avoiding the main plot. It's um, it follows a character who will do anything 
as long as it's not fighting the big scary wizard. And uh I'm also forgetting how to words. Hey, that's great. Yeah, uh it follows the character who will do anything as long as it's not the main plot. Um, so each episode is a side quest and it's just like fun, low stakes, often fairly queer shenanigans. Um, and it's my comfort show to make. And I like it a lot. I I do enjoy listening to it. Yeah, it is a good show, I can confirm. Which is Aww, good. If you. I hated this, it would be very awkward at this point I mean, of the um, guest thing. It's not like some people want like high stakes hmm. in their audio fiction shows. Not me, but uh, yeah, it's just a very calm and comforting podcast. Hmm. Awesome. Um, so yeah, if you have a question, you can send it to Probably Bad RPG Ideas on Tumblr, or you can email. Um... Yes, I remember what our email is. What was our email? Probably yes, um, podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Um, I up. <laughs> so li listen to side questing and remember to have a probably bad day. <laughs> <laughs>